Yes, sir. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Any Given Sunday podcast. We will be your host. I'm Hunter. This is Tyler. Tyler, let them know what we're talking about today. Tyler's in Cozumel, if y'all didn't know that. Why? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are on vacation. Today, our topics we are discussing are looking like we're going to be discussing some NFL news. We're going to be ranking the AFC South. We will be uh, discussing quarterbacks that uh, have something to prove this year. Uh, we got early award predictions. Um, we got current state of running backs in fantasy. Uh, over in NBA, we're going to be talking about the new flop rule, mm. uh, the mid midseason tournament. Uh, we got a uh, one of the greatest players of all time. He uh, deciding to stay in the NBA and continue playing. Um, and then in UFC, we'll be discussing the return of a uh, superstar. Uh, we'll be talking about a young uh, prospect who is on the rise and has been knocking everyone out and sleeping them or finishing them in the first round. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, a great welterweight, uh, at least I think. Um, and then we'll be uh, discussing uh, who we think the, the next double champion will be. So, Awesome, yeah. awesome. There we go. Um. So starting off with the NBA, uh, we're going to start with what quarterbacks are on a prove-it deal, or a prove-it year, not, maybe not even a prove-it deal, on a prove-it year. Tyler, I'll let you start off with that one. All right, guys, so we're just going to dive right in. I'm going to go ahead and uh, hit both guys. Um, we do appreciate everyone for being here, but uh, we're going to try to like trim it down a little bit. We don't want to be here for keep you guys for too long. I know everyone has a life. Uh, for my quarterbacks on a prove-it year, we're going to start with one of the obvious. Uh, well, at least I feel it's obvious, right? He can't win. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. When it comes to playoffs, like, I mean, he can get out of the wild card, but he struggles after that. Uh, we'll be talking about America's team's quarterback, Dak Prescott. Dakota. Yep, yep, yep. So my, my issue with Dak and why I think he's on a prove-it year is because if he doesn't perform, I mean... Your options are, I mean, you're either looking at Mike McCarthy getting fired or maybe they trade Dak. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with Dak. I don't know if realistically if they would trade it. I just feel like Dak really has something to prove. I mean, the NFC has never been easier. Um, so, I don't know. I just I just feel like Dak is a easy choice for um, someone that needs to prove something this year. My other one, we'll hop in a little bit more. We're going to be talking about this guy. Uh he is the Miami Dolphins quarterback, Tua. I'm not going to try to say his last name. I'm going to butcher it. Uh, um, he's got the whole concussion issue, um, and they obviously seem to be in a win-it-now position. They just traded for Ramsey. They traded for Bradley Chubb last year. You know, Tyreek only has a few years left. He's came out and said, so the window is very short. So if they don't win it all this year and Tua gets hurt a lot or he just isn't that great, I could see them moving him for – I don't know, maybe, uh, this sounds crazy, but, because I don't know if they could win it with this guy either, but, I mean, you could see maybe Kirk Cousins, I, I don't know, I don't, that sounds terrible to say, Yeah. but, I mean, I don't know, I just, I feel like they might bring in a different vet quarterback if, uh, if Tua doesn't perform this year, because um, they have all the pieces there to try to win it all now, so, those are my two guys, I, I, I hope Tua stays healthy. That team is very fun to watch whenever he's healthy. So Good old Perk Thuggins, baby. <sighs> All right, I did two AFC, two NFC. I won't go too much into two of them because you kind of uh, you kind of hit both of them. Uh, AFC, I have Mac Jones. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's a young team in their building, but I just I don't think Mac Jones, especially if he doesn't take that step this year, Mac Jones isn't that guy to build around. Um, Next in the AFC, I do have Tua. Like you said, they're in win now mode. The concussions are going to hold them back. I'm super, you know, like shook. They actually didn't grab a quarterback this year or attempt to go quarterback. Um, I guess it was probably easier to just hold on to Tua than do a bunch of trades and break the team up. Um, NFC, I do too have Dakota Prescott. Um, I think his contract's up either. I think he has like two years left on it, and uh, if they don't get it done this year, then I just don't see them. You know, like I, like we said, episode one, this is the year for them to get it done. And if they don't get it done this year, then someone's someone's yeah, gonna someone's go. Someone's got to go. The coach, the quarterback, something. 
Um, and everyone can say, you know, these. I saw a post the other day talking about these are Dak's numbers his first seven years compared to like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, all these guys. I'm like, well, you know what? Those guys won a ring. <laughs> so I don't know what to tell you. Dak threw 23 touchdowns last year with 15 interceptions. I know he was hurt, but 15 interceptions is still insane. In, in a limited amount of games. Yeah. Um, so. I won't harp on Dak too much longer. I also think uh, Kyler Murray is on the block. Um, I mean, the Cardinals, you know, they lost D-Hop. J.J. Watt retired. I mean, they still have, you know, a decent team. They still have James Conner. They have, you know, good tight ends. They have a decent receiving core. The, uh, but all, they're in a but, tougher but all, division. But, but all signs are pointing towards Caleb Williams if uh, yes. if they don't start pretty. If Kyler's not ready and they don't start pretty, all signs are pointing towards tanking and then just trading Kyler. Yeah, you might as well. I mean, you know. Uh, D-Hop is not getting 1K. Henry gets injured week seven. God dang. I mean, I really don't. I mean, D-Hop might get around 1K, but I, w- I wouldn't expect anything crazy. So, yeah, that's uh, that's our AFC and NFC uh, quarterbacks. We're on a prove-it year. Next, we are going into ranking the AFC South. Just so everyone knows, that is uh, Jacksonville, um, the Colts, the Texans, and the Titans. Tyler, I'll let you start this one off. All right, this is something that uh, we usually harp on, so let's just go ahead and bang out the whole division, both of us. Uh, yeah, so I'll be starting with number four. Number, th- I mean, I feel like the top two teams are going to be the same. I feel like, oh, I feel like, I feel like the top two teams are going to be the same. So, uh, but my four, I went ahead and I went with the Colts. I mean, they did draft Anthony Richardson. I I do like him as a prospect. I just don't know if this year if he's going to be able to perform at a level uh, that'll get them, I don't know, more than five wins, maybe six. I don't know. So, yeah, I got the Colts in last for obvious reasons. Uh, I hope Jonathan Taylor's back. I don't know if that'll be enough to carry them past fourth place, though. Uh, Third, we're going to go with the Texans. Uh, They just got D'Amico Ryans from uh, San Francisco. I like him as a coach. Very defensive-minded guy, obviously. Uh, they traded up, took Will Anderson, great linebacker, prospect, and whatever you want to call him. Um, and, yeah, and then they took C.J. Stroud at two. So I think they have a lot of good pieces there. I feel like uh, as long as D'Amico Ryans can put it together, you know, this team will be solid. I could see them winning six or seven games, finishing third place. Where did he come from? He came from the 49ers, right? Yep. 49ers he was the defensive de- coordinator? Yep, he was the defensive coordinator over there. Um, but in second place, we're going to go with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they did just get D hop. Um, unfortunately that wasn't enough for me to move them up at all. I mean, even if he does, even if he's solid, I don't see him. I don't think a wide receiver can carry a team like that unless it's like Justin Jefferson. I don't know. Uh, so I got them finishing second. I think Will Levis will take over at some point as well. Um, but I've already said that to you several times. I've said that in general several times. I don't think Ryan Tannehill will make it to the end of the year. I just think it's his era is over. So. They also have what's his name too, uh, Malik. Something. Yeah, but Malik Willis. They yeah. they said Malik Willis might not even make the fifty three man roster. So mm. yeah, I don't. Yeah, uh, I think. I mean, obviously you got Mike Vrabel at coach, and anytime you got a coach like that, like you're gonna be solid. Like I mean, I don't. Jackson, it came down to the last week for those teams, I believe, right? It was in the last week, was for the division. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we might see the same thing if Jacksonville doesn't come out gun blazing, which they might not. But, yeah, so speaking of Jacksonville, that's my first place team. Uh, they made, they won the division last year. They won a playoff game, big comeback against the Chargers. Trevor Lawrence seems to have taken that step at the end of the year. You get them over that hump, and then you also add Calvin Ridley into the mix, and they took Tank Bigsby in the draft. So I feel like they have a lot of good pieces, and they have Doug Peterson as coach. So coach. it's a solid team, and I'm really looking forward to watching them play. They're going to be a, such a fun team to watch, I believe. Absolutely. So my AFC South predictions, we're going to start from bottom to top. I have the Texans. Um I think it's going to take a little bit for the uh, new quarterback to adjust to the system, to the NFL. Uh, I th- I mean, obviously, they, they did take a step up from Davis Mills. The defense, I actually really like the Texans defense. I think uh, the coach they just got, I think that's going to be a huge thing for them because that defense, 
I think I, I don't remember how good it was last year, but the year before, they were actually a really good defense. Um, so they have a lot going for them. They have a lot of good young talent. They have some receivers coming back. They have a. I think they have a lot. I think they need to address the running back room very bad. Um, I think it's going to be a little bumpy at the start, and that's why I think my next team, um, the Colts, are going to do a little bit better. They got some vets over there. Um, I I, I, I kind of see Anthony Richardson's year going kind of like um, Josh Allen's first year. You know, he's probably going to do a lot of running, a lot of short passes. Um, but what's good about that uh, that team and why I have them a little bit above the Texans is they have uh, Jonathan Taylor, who I think will be back healthy this year. Um, and they have a pretty decent defense. Um, next, I have the Titans. They added D-Hop. I mean, we said last week that um, Traylon Burks does need, you know, a guy in the locker room, a vet that's going to show him, you know, show him the way. Um, and he got that guy. Now they're not a pass-heavy team. They're a pretty run-heavy team. Um, I'm not expecting a lot from them. I mean, you know, what we get from them when they had A.J. Brown, I mean, it's going to be about the same thing. D-hop's towards the end of his career, so it's not like you're getting prime 160 targets a year D-hop. Um, that being said, next I have the Jags, super young team. They got some core pieces coming back to the offense that uh, you know they didn't have last year. Um, pretty decent defense, a lot of young guys, and they like to you know they like to play behind their quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Um, and I think he's going to do nothing but get better and better every year. Um, so yeah, um, from uh, bottom to top, I got Texans, Colts, Titans, and Jags. All right, running right into the next topic, um, we have the. This one might take a little bit longer because um, it's pretty long. We have the award predictions, our early award predictions for 2023. That's, uh, you know, MVP, Coach of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year. Um, Tyler, do you want to do all of them, and or do you want to do your MVP, my MVP? We can do that. We just won't spend too much time explaining why. Yeah. So you want to go, or you want me to go ahead and start it out? Um, I'll go ahead and go first. Okay. Um, who was MVP last year? Patrick Mahomes? Yep. Who was it the year before? Um, Aaron Rodgers? Yep. So the quarterback of the year award, um, I'm going to go with, and it was hard to not pick Patrick Mahomes on this, guys, but uh, I'm going to go Joe Burrow. He got that left tackle he needed, um, you know, so I think, uh, and as long as Jamar Chase stays healthy, I think he's going to put up the numbers we need to see for him to get his first MVP award. Fair enough. You want me to go ahead? Yeah. All right. For my MVP, we uh, we also went with Joe Burrow, ironically enough. Okay, okay. Uh, they bolstered that O-line, as he just said. Picked up Orlando Brown from free agency. He still has plenty of weapons around him. We got Joe Mixon returning. Uh, yeah, I just think it's his time, right? I mean, stay healthy, and I think Joe. this is Joe Burrow's award to lose. I mean, no disrespect to Mahomes, too, because Mahomes, yeah. I would say, would be my second pick. Yeah, I, say, but... I had to sit there for a minute. I don't know if you did, but I was like, I was like, I don't want to give it to Mahomes two years in a row. I mean, it could happen. It could but... very easily. But I was like, I kind of want to give it to someone different. And the yeah. only other person I could think of was Joe Burrow. Joe, Joe Burrow. I mean, the second best quarterback in the league. So I, was, I, actually, Burrow. I actually looked up a list of like, you know, potential. Dogs. Yeah. Well, not really the, well, I guess like top, five, but I found a list that was like dark horse players. And mm -hmm. one of them, you know, would be pretty cool with, uh, what's his name? Jared Goff. And I looked at his stats last year. His stats were pretty good. I mean, he probably, yeah, he probably put I, up about Joe Burrow numbers. Yeah, but enough. I mean, Geno Smith had good stats too, but Brilliant. we also think he's going to fall off. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I don't. I definitely don't think Goff will be even in the MVP conversation. Yeah. But he just doesn't sling the ball enough. Uh, I'll go ahead and do my offensive player of the year. Okay. Uh, for offensive player of the year, uh, I could have won Jefferson two years in a row, but they did add a Addison on that team. Uh, they traded for Hawkinson, so, you know, I think 
I think they'll try to spread that ball around a little bit more this year. Uh, I went with Tyreek Hill. <laughs> kind of crazy, but he did say on his podcast he's going to put up 2,000 yards. So <laughs> I, if he does that, I feel like he's just an easy pick for Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, has there ever been a receiver put up 2,000? Did Randy Moss do it on that undefeated Patriots team? I think that's did, the I think what, did, 2019 I know the record or something. Oh, Cooper Cup. Was it like, was it 2000 though? Was it 18 something? No, no, no I don't it, know. Someone else has the record. Um, Who was that? Was it? Let me look at this real quick. It is. Okay, I guess no one has ever put up 2000. It's Calvin Johnson with 1964. Yeah, I, I figured it was Calvin or Cup or uh, Moss. But yeah, I, I mean, if Tyree puts up 2,000, just like Cooper Cup, he's going to win Offensive Player of the Year. So that's that's my pick. I mean, Tyree Hill's got the got the skill to do it. We'll just see if he does it or doesn't do it. You know. Ah, uh, so uh, I was actually sitting here when I was thinking of Offensive Player of the Year, and I typed out Tyree Hill, but I just you know I pulled it back because uh, Jettis is an insane receiver he went for 1800 last year i do you know i do know that they got addison there and i did take into account that he will get less touches i still with that being said i thought he was going for 2000 this year but i still think he'll go for at least 1800 um at least yeah at least 1800 so i can see him winning it back to back that's fair all right, so uh, defensive player of the year. You hopping in or me? I'll let you. I'll let you go. Defensive player of the year. I mean, he just went two years in a row with Jefferson. My my two years in a row for me is going to be Nick Bosa. Ooh. Uh, defensive player of the year. Just literally the heart and soul of that defense. I mean, he is insane. I mean, it's really hard to pick, right? I mean, it's probably going to be. You got like four picks here, I think. It's going to be either Micah Parsons, uh, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, or Joey Bosa. So I think any of those four are solid picks. I just want to think Bosa again because why not? He just won it last year. Uh, I expect him to be just a dominant barring injury. So we'll go with Nick Bosa again. Okay. So my defensive player of the year, um, we said this team – like we have said the last two, three podcasts, um, if they don't have a great year, change is coming. And, you know, if you're a fan, you might as well go find a new team because y'all haven't seen a Super Bowl in 20-plus years. My defensive player of the year, I have Micah Parsons. He was trending for it last year, and he kind of fell off towards the end of the season. I think it was because of an injury. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to take Micah Parsons as my defensive player of the year. Dude just plays with so much energy and seems unstoppable. I just think that this is his year to take that award home. Fair point. So uh, before we get into the rookie of the years, did you do? So did you do coach of the year? I did. I, I did. I did do coach of the year. I think we'll 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 do coach, then we'll do comeback player, then we'll do the defense or the offense. Uh, Jesus, sorry guys, the rookie offensive and defensive player of the years. Um, so <laughs> I'll start this one off. Coach of the year. Um, for coach of the year, I went Dan Campbell. Uh, I have a lot of high hopes for the Lions this year. They made they made playoffs last year, right? Or did yeah. they? No, 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 no. They lost because they, yeah, it was like yeah, 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 yeah. We 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 put them out. So playoff ready team. I think they have the core. I think they have the young guys on the offense. Their their offense was solidified last year. Um, they went. They knew what they had to change on the offense to make that run. They did it. They added some defensive players. I think they're definitely going to be uh, in the playoffs this year, and I think they're going to get it deep enough to. W- I think they're going to make it deep enough to where um, Dan Campbell can get some uh, coach of the year action. I'm not even going to give a bunch of detail. Coach of the year, Dan Campbell for me as well. Wow! Wow! Uh, <laughs> I just think same same reasons they they have a lot of momentum to build off from the end of last year and they don't have a super difficult division to do it in. I mean, I don't know if they're going to win the division, right? Minnesota is Minnesota saying that like they have a great history or something, but 
there's not a lot of uh, competition they have to deal with here. So I went Dan Campbell as well. I like it. I like it. All right. So comeback player of the year is weird for me because uh, I'm not sure the criteria for it. And I think it's going to either go one of two ways. It's going to go one of one way. I, you I can think tell you. you, you're going I, DeMar Hamlin. Yeah. DeMar Hamlin. So I, mean, I, I, and I think he deserves it for even coming back to the game at all. Um, but I just didn't know what the, what the, you know, cause so, so say Cooper cup comes back and goes for 1510 touchdowns, you know, I, like, they'll, they'll, still, they'll still give it to DeMar. Hamlin. I mean, yeah, that's why I, the, the whole thing yesterday, I was like, are they going to do it for the the narrative? Or are they going to do it by stats? And I mean, like I said, coming back to play playing football from what he went through is insane. And I think he would definitely deserve comeback player of the year for even touching the turf again. So I respect it. I think he has it on lock already. Um, so yeah, I'm assuming we both went Demar Hamlin. I didn't even write it down. I already knew it. Okay. Well, there we go. Demar Hamlin is your comeback player of the year. Um, all right. Uh, I'll let you start offense and defensive, whichever one you want to start with first. All right, we'll do defensive rookie of the year first. Uh, I took the easy way out. I went with the uh, the third overall pick in the NFL draft, Will Anderson. Okay. Uh, I mean, we've already talked about who their head coach is and D'Amico Ryans. Uh, I feel like he's going to just set Will Anderson up to succeed. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't – this class is really, like, more offensive heavy in my opinion. So it's kind of, I mean, what, Jalen Carter maybe? But Jalen Carter is surrounded by dogs. So unless there's, like, injuries all over that Philly defense, I feel like it's Will Anderson's, uh, you know, draft. Or not draft, but award to lose. Okay. So so my defensive player of the year, um, I actually did choose Jalen Carter. Rookie. I, yes. Did I say, did I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So defensive rookie of the year, I chose Jalen Carter. Um, I just think. Being surrounded by all those dogs is going to be a good thing. I think, you know, offenses are going to have to worry about more, so I think he's going to be able to eat a little bit more. Um, with the uh, Will Anderson is his name on the Texans, right? I think, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to be one of those guys that they're going to be be able to game plan around. It's going to be a little bit harder to, you know, you're not going to game plan around Jalen Carter. So I think not game planning around him, you're going to be able to eat, you know, more, more than a – you know, someone that they're having a game plan around. Um, so I have uh, Jalen Carter, Defensive Rookie of the Year. All right, you can go ahead and hit your Offensive Rookie of the Year. Okay, so my Offensive Rookie of the Year is probably wrong. I just didn't want to give it to a quarterback um, because I feel like that would be too easy. And also the quarterbacks, the rookie quarterbacks that could win it are all on pretty bad teams. I mean, the Panthers, no run game. No really good receive standout receivers. The Texans, no run game, no really good standout receivers. The only one that has pretty, you know, okay receivers in a good run game. It, you know, what 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 do you like to bring up all the time? He completed how many pass percentage of passes and like fifty three last yeah, year. Yeah, so and like I said, I think he's gonna be more of a Josh Allen guy, so he's gonna be running a lot year one. Um, so my offensive rookie of the year, I went Bijan Robinson. I think that being said, I mean that's still a developing team. <laughs> they do have some decent receivers. They have a really generational great tight end once he gets it all together. Um, they have a question at quarterback, but I think that's going to help Bijan out because I think they're going to run a lot more. Uh, so yeah, my uh, offensive rookie of the year is Bijan Robinson. All right, and I considered Bijan, right? Kind of an easy pick. He's the most, like, uh, like I would say he's the most popular player probably in this draft, at least for fantasy people. I don't know. Definitely. Uh, but I did not go with Bijan. I just feel like there's a lot of mouths to feed there in Atlanta, and we don't know what we're going to get with Desmond Ritter yet. So uh, I, th- I did take a quarterback. I took uh, Bryce Young. Uh, obviously, he went number one overall uh, in quarterback – when it comes to rookie of the year, I feel like quarterback, I mean, as long as you play decent, it's going to go to the quarterback most of the time. Uh, so I'm with Bryce Young. I just think he's the best quarterback of the three, at least when it comes to actually playing the quarterback position, like throwing the ball, you know, making reads and all that. 
And he does have solid pieces around him. I wouldn't say they're great, but he has, you know, Miles Sanders in the backfield who could catch some passes for him. Uh, they just drafted uh, Jonathan Mingo, I think. I want to say it was Jonathan Mingo. Mingo. We'll see, what he we'll, we'll see what he does. He's out of Ole Miss. So, I mean, he he seems like he's a solid receiver if he can stay healthy uh, and just develop the way they need him to. We'll see. I can't think of all the receivers' names, but Bryce Young's a good enough quarterback that uh, I feel like he can make the talent around him a little bit better as well. And if I went quarterback, that's probably def- that's definitely who I would have went. Um, but, yeah. <clears throat> all right that was our award predictions of the year hope y'all go and y'all take that knowledge and y'all make some money off of it <laughs> we are not promoting gambling um all right so this one should be pretty interesting um the current <laughs> state of drafting running backs and dynasty and fantasy in general um so We'll say we'll, we'll we'll say put it into perspective. Say you're like fifth, sixth pick. All your top running backs are gone. There's no Derrick Henry. There's no um, McCaffrey. No McCaffrey. There's no um, Barkley. There's no TJ. Say Can I get a, a margarita. Get this man a drink. Um, yeah. Say uh, all the good run. You're in. A, you're just in a position where all the good running backs are gone. Um, Tyler, what would your draft strategy be with, say you're not going to go receiver, say you still have to go running back, what would your draft strategy be in getting a good backfield for your team? Well, if all the good running backs are gone, like, let's just pull this up real quick, at least on my end, right? Um... Let's, let's say McCaffrey's gone, Derrick Henry, Eckler, like, let's say they're all gone. For me personally... It's gonna be a little bit difficult. Anyways, for me personally, right? Let's let's say that those guys are gone. I mean, you're you're talking about Tyreek Hill's probably still there. Uh, I don't know. I'd probably take probably the best the best player available over a running back. I mean, we saw a few years ago with one of your teams, right? He he did take Derrick Henry. Um. But Derrick Henry, that was the year Derrick Henry only played half the year. So, like, his lineup was, this is the Rams Super Bowl year, his lineup was Stafford. I can't name a single running back he had on his team. <laughs> I don't know about DeAndre Swift at some point, who yeah. got hurt as well. But And it kind of helps that he got Cooper Cup in, like, the fifth or sixth round. But that's, yeah. this is exactly what we're talking about. So he had Cooper Cup, CeeDee Lamb, Kyle Pitts, and there's, like, one more, like, really good receiver. I, I don't know. I, I Jefferson, okay, and Jefferson wasn't even a first his first round pick. It was Derrick Henry, so I don't know. I just feel like unless there's like an explosive running back still available, you take the guy that you think is going to perform the best for your team. You don't really need a running back, so like, because you can get a running back in the second, third, fourth round. You can take them whenever the time's right. You don't need to rush to take a running back. I mean, at least that's how I would approach it. So, do you think obviously like? You know, all those running backs come off the board. You're going to go like a receiver or something because, you know, (laughs) running backs. I guess this is the question I'm getting at. When you go to draft a running back, say you're like, it's time I need to take a running back. You Mm -hmm. can't. Do you would you recommend. So how important is getting that running backs cuff to you in the state of running backs right now? Because if you don't get one of those top guys, you're getting a guy it is most likely going to be splitting reps. So yeah. how important would you say his cuff is? I mean, it's it's important and he's probably he's probably going to be there. So I mean, I don't know, I'm doing a mock right now. So like I'm at the sixth <laughs> pick. I'm at the sixth pick. CMC and Eckler are gone. Jefferson's gone. Jamar's gone. Kelsey went number 2. Uh which is crazy. So the next next best running backs on the board are Bijan, Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, uh, which are all very good. Nick Chubb is still there. So, I mean, my choices for me right here are Cooper Cup or Tyreek. So let's just say I take Tyreek, right? I'm the sixth pick, so mm-hmm. and it's 12-man. 12, 12 Barkley and Robinson are gone. JT just went. We're wrapping back around. Nick Chubb just went. We're, we're second round, my pick, Derrick Henry. 
still on the board. I took Derrick Henry. I had Derrick Henry and Tyreek Hill. I feel like that's a really good start for a fantasy league right there. Mm-hmm. Now we're wrapping back around again. Brees Hall just went. ETN's still here. Jameer Gibbs. Walker. I don't know if I take Gibbs personally, but I mean, you, I don't know. I just feel like everyone's got their opinions on certain guys and stuff. So yeah. you don't need, you don't, I feel like it's just a waste of picks to stack up on running backs when you could get Tyreek yeah. Hill and I don't know, I'm going to take, I mean, I would never do this in in reality, but I took, we'll take T Higgins. So I got Tyreek, T Higgins, <laughs> and Derrick Henry. I'm not super big on T Higgins. No, but bizarre. Yeah. So I would say like, don't stress too much about running backs. Once you look at it, there are a lot of solid guys still running the ball in the NFL that you're going to have to grab their cuff later in the draft just in case. But, um, yeah. Oh, I'll say this. If there are solid receivers there, you draft that, you draft that receiver before you draft that running back. And, you know, you know, like it drafting against people in the league is uh, easier. (laughs) Yeah. Say, say Jamar chase is there and top three of the top running backs are gone, and you have to choose between Derrick Henry and Barkley, and who else was left? Chubb? I'm going Jettis, so... Yeah, Jefferson went one, though. He's probably going to go one all year. Yeah. Uh, running backs are deep in depth. Receivers are... No, I don't... I don't. I, I think... I think... I mean, it's still harder to get a running back. I'm, you can get hella receivers... But running back is still a various because running backs just you know get injured. They're in a committee. It's hard to like last year I won because I had you know Jamal Williams helped me a lot and he was a running back too on a team. So, but uh, yeah, that is our that's an example right there in itself, right? I mean, yeah, what do we think? Like, where do we think Jamal Williams was going in drafts last year? And this guy was oh, dude. How many touchdowns did he score? He scored like twelve quite a plus, few. twelve plus at least. Um, yes, yeah, so I mean, let me see where he went in our draft. If I can remember how to do that, like where did I dra- did I draft him or did I trade for him? I can't remember. I swear I drafted him. League uh, draft, no, that's draft settings. Um, league history. No, that's that. Draft results. Boom. Um, 2022 season, team non, I actually didn't draft him. Okay. He got drafted in the 14th round. Jamal Williams got drafted round 14, (laughs) (laughs) top 13 running back. And he had, I remember I gave you a first or a second for him. Remember it was a first. Yeah. You gave me a first round pick for him. Um, how many touchdowns did he have last year? 17 rushing touchdowns. That's insane. Backup back running back. I got him in the I got him in the 14th round. And that's in dynasty. So you can I find mean, some dimes out there especially with the dual running like the running back committee now. You just have to know, you just have to try to get the whole committee like like I was picking on last year, uh, Derrick Henry, Najee, CMC, and Jonathan Taylor were gone. I mean, there were still DeAndre Swift, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, and Nick Chubb, and I went C.D. Lamb, and I won the league. So, I mean, granted, you know, we did a lot of moves last year. But that being said, yeah. I got both my running backs in round two and three, and I kept them all year. And so I just pretty much, I'm not going to finish this mock draft, but I picked from the sixth spot. I took Tyreek Hill. I took Derrick Henry, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon in the fourth round, DJ Moore, Dak Prescott, Evan Ingram, Quentin Johnston, Samaji P. Ryan, Rashad Bateman, Deontay Foreman. I mean, we don't even know who the running back in Chicago is truly going to be. I just took Roshan Johnson the very next round. I mean, he's on that same team with Foreman, so I have... Can we clip? Can someone clip uh, Tyler drafting Joe Mixon? I just need that for future reference. Well, he was there at four point <laughs> seven. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, there's, there's, I, I definitely think it's worth taking cuffs. Look, Chase Brown, I'm getting him in the thirteenth round. So I have two running backs for Chicago, two running backs for Cincinnati. I got Derrick Henry, 
I got some AGP Ryan in case Javante gets hurt again, or if he's not a hundred percent when the year starts. I don't so, even think he starts the year. Like, or, oh, playing. look at this! Look at this! Last round, I'm taking Ty J Spears, running back for Tennessee Titans. <laughs> so I, I think it's good to lock down backfields like that instead of taking a bunch. Yeah, of like you lock down backs, the whole back. Like, like, like as soon as they started talking about Barkley sitting, I went and got his backup. Thank God yeah. Kelly picked him up and then dropped him. But, yeah. Uh, I just feel like I don't know. I feel like running backs are good if you can get a top top running back. I yeah. Mean, outside but if of that, it's all about it's all about just drafting guys at the right spots. Yeah. If you don't get like you can get a decent running back just if you get if you don't get a top guy, and even if you do get a top guy, I would still say later in that draft make sure you get that backup because you never know what's going to happen and having the whole backfield is going to save your fantasy league or your team at least like it like you know it, everyone that keeps drafting CMC if you don't have all five other running backs behind them what are you doing <laughs> yeah at least at least Elijah yeah so that is our current state of drafting running backs in dynasty we are going to be heading over to some very controversial topics in the NBA now starting with the NBA the new NBA flop rule that's being implemented Tyler I'll let you start this one off yeah I mean so what exactly is the rule word for word I got it right here if you actually want me to read it yeah go ahead and read it the flopping penalty will be assessed by game officials when they perceive a physical act intended to cause a foul on another player the offending player will be charged with a non-unsportsmanlike technical foul, which means it will not be counted towards an ejection, and the opposing team will be awarded a free throw. Yeah, so I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm okay with that, honestly. I mean, a lot of people don't like the flopping as is. Mm-hmm. It only started becoming a thing because guys weren't getting the calls James that they, they deserved. LeBron James. <laughs> don't do this. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, but way. see... But see, it's, you know, I'm going to give the big guys their, because they're getting mauled in the lane, mm-hmm. right? It's these you know little the guys flopping, bro, that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's been around for about almost 10 years now, if not 10 years. I don't know. I, I feel like it's good for the game, right? Because, I mean, a lot of players aren't going to like it because they're used to flopping and they mm-hmm. have to, they have to, now they got to, like, a, what's it called? They got to, like, change their game up a little bit, but... I don't know. I'm I'm okay with it. I feel like it's good for the game and might get people back into watching it that haven't been necessarily watching it because they were tired of the flopping. So, so yeah. So here's my thought on the rule. Uh, it can go one of two ways. It's either going to be really good for the NBA. It's going to bring bring back a lot of the guys that like you know the old heads that like the physical play of the NBA and stuff like that because it is going to get physical again. Um. So, I mean, it it definitely has a positive side to it. It's a step. It's a step in the right direction. Um, that being said, do you remember when uh, the NFL put in that you could challenge pass interference? Yeah, and that didn't work out whatsoever. Um, flopping is a part of the game now, and I I'm unfortunately having to say that. So, you're gonna have a bunch of officials, a bunch of different officials are all going to perceive flopping differently. Um, It's going to be hard. Also, it's going to be, you're going to have to like basically be able, it's the same thing as they say in the NFL, right? It's got to be what's it called? What's the word where you have to have like proof to overturn it. It's going to be the same thing. Like how they're not going to be out here reviewing every flop. And and how do you prove that they are or aren't flopping? It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, right? The, gonna, we're gonna see some controversy. This rule is either gonna get reworked a lot. It's either gonna ruin. It's either gonna get reworked a lot through if they keep it. It's either gonna get thrown out, or it, I mean, it's 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 gonna cost some games. Like I would not be surprised if we saw this cost some playoff games this year. Um. That being said, uh, do you have anything else on the flop rule? Nope. Awesome. Speaking of playoffs, um, we're going to talk about the NBA midseason tournament getting implemented this year. Uh, Tyler, I'll let you uh, start this one off, too. Well, anyone that knows me knows I love pretty much all sports, at least when it comes to, like, basketball, football. Like, I like college and the professional level. I just started watching soccer. 
<laughs> I about to say that they're both entertaining and soccer, right? Soccer does a kind of a mid-season tournament. I, I, just a little sidebar, guys. I will say I used to think soccer was not fun to watch. So I started bartending. I started watching it. That shit is, that stuff is intense. Especially when it comes down to those penalty games. kicks, boy. Uh, I was out there sweating when U.S. was playing, bro. Still can't believe Panama beat us, bro, but they did it. All right, my bad. I'll let you get back to the midseason NBA tournament. Yeah, I mean, you're good. I mean, either way, I mean, I don't know exactly how it's going to work, right? Because, like, they can sit here and explain it. That doesn't mean it's going to be that simple. I was I was reading it, and it was super weird. It's like, so they get to, so every team this year is going to have 80 games to play. The additional games are going to be from the midseason tournament. And if you win the tournament, you, like, I think you, like, play an extra game than the people that lose the tournament. So what? what's, like, that's just going to make know. the rankings it's, weird. It's confusing. What I heard was, I thought, what I heard was that if you win it, it goes towards some kind of, like, it goes towards, like, playoffs or something like that. I'm not sure, but I don't know if that's enough to make these guys motivated or even care. I mean, are they going to care? Are they going to treat it like an all-star game? Like, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, yeah, that, that was yeah, my thing. I think it sounds fun, but we'll just have to see how the players react to it, yeah. right? Because from what I heard, all they all they get is like some extra money, five hundred k, and it might go toward. I mean, who cares about five hundred k though? You know, I mean, in the NBA, it, who cares no, about no, it in the NBA? It, That's what he meant. Dylan Brooks <laughs> just got eighty eighty million. So <laughs> Dylan not Brooks, Dylan Brooks bro. Million, so I I don't know. I think it's gonna be. It might be fun from perspective, like from a fan's perspective. But hey, I don't you, know if the, I don't know if they're even gonna care. You catch me in the woods fighting a bear, right? Help the bear. Yeah, the world. <laughs> the I thought didn't the Champions League final go to penalties too? I don't know. I, bro, I feel like I, I just know, bro. It went to it went to penalty kicks against Panama, and then they tied, and then it went to sudden death penalty kicks, and I was like, this is some insane stuff. All right, so my take on the NBA midseason tournament. I personally think it's an awful idea. I don't think players players are just going to see it as the game, right? They're just playing regular season games, you know, just to you know, just to get to where they need to be. Like cuz like winning the midseason tournament is not going to matter if you don't win the finals, right? Where you go around talking about you, oh, I, we won the midseason tournament. No one cares. Um, I think it devalues the finals. I think, um, what's the point? Like, you know, so I, I know the NBA, what the NBA is trying to do. The NBA is trying, so where's probably their least viewed part of the season, right? They got a lot of viewers in the beginning because people are like, yes, basketball's back. You get a lot of people at the end because people are fighting for playoffs and getting ready for playoffs. Midseason, I'm sure their viewership is down, and this is something to draw back. You know, people like, oh, let's go watch the midseason tournament. They're actually going to be playing. Come check out Buffalo Wild Wings where you can get your um, sweet chili lime and general sal sauce today. Um yeah, I just don't think it's a great idea. Like, it's going to boost viewership, so it's going to be good for the NBA. I don't think it's going to be good for the players. You know, I think, I mean, obviously, fans of the game that watch every single NBA game aren't going to like it. So, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I hope it works out for the best. I hope it brings a lot of casual people like me back. Like, I... I it's gonna work because I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna watch the midseason tournament. That's all I'm gonna say. And I'm a, I mean, I'm a little above know. average casual fan, but I'm still, you know, I'm not sitting here watching 82 basketball Dude, I games. To, I, I used to care a lot more about the NBA, and I can't really point at anything and say this is the reason I stopped watching it, but. Dude, I don't know if I watched a single regular season game this year, honestly. Maybe not. <laughs> so I'm hoping. You know, I'm hoping, I, I hope it's a success, but we'll see. One year, me and Tyler said we were going to watch 82 games. We <laughs> watched opening night, and I don't think I watched another basketball game until playoffs. 
We were like, yeah, basketball's back. Yep. And it's over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this next topic we won't touch on long. I just wanted to bring it up. I mean, we, I, I'm pretty, me and Tyler, you know, knew it was going to happen. Braun announced that the SBZ is coming back. Why did he do that? I don't know because I, I feel like we all pretty much assumed it was going to happen. But, you know, he got his good old standing ovation. A little fun fact that we found out yesterday, he's going back to number 23. I don't think it changes anything. I mean, we just he, was, he, he was so good for so long. But, I mean, I just feel like, I don't know if his body... I don't know. It's, he's had so many injuries the last five years that we had never seen before. His body yeah. is just kind of broken down on him. Well, I, I also think, think we I saw. Do think, I do think he would beat up Colby Covington in a fight, though. So, yeah. Very interesting. Um, I think the way we saw him play in playoffs is going to be more of how he's going to play here going out, more of a field general. Like, he's always had the ability to, you know, pass. We've seen him. We've seen him play this role before, but he's also was also getting his, you know, 30, 20, 20 to 5 25. to 30 a night. Um, but he's going to really, he's going to take a step back. He's going to let, the, he's going to, you know, pace the floor. He's going to let those young guys do their thing. He's still going to get at least 20 a night. Don't get it twisted. That's the king, the goat, the, the one and only. Um, but, you know, we're, we're about to see LeBron take on a different role. And we're not going to talk too much on it. That's just our... Thoughts on LeBron turning. Now, something we're actually going to sp get to spend a little bit more time on that we love to talk about and haven't got to because we've been rushing ourselves because the podcast has gone two hours the past two weeks. Some UFC. Um, we will start <laughs> off with a little controversial one. Not super controversial, but, you know, weird, a little weird topic that came up out of nowhere at the beginning of this week. Ronda Rousey's return. Tyler, what do, what do we think about Ronda coming back to the sport? That's that's what I think. I thought you were looking for the crickets. <laughs> that's, that's that's what I think. I there's there's too many killers now. You, she went and she played WWE for a little bit. I mean, dude, She's she might 36. beat up on she might beat up on some bums maybe, but might go get her late. Holly home rematch now. She's gonna get killed. I mean, that that might she could maybe win that. Holly Holmes kind of fell off too, so I don't know. I I mean, it's cool. I mean, I hope she's not a main event, but she yeah. will be. <laughs> um, my thoughts on Ronda Rousey's return. I just don't think she should do it. I mean, she's thirty six. The so the I wouldn't say the the division she would be fighting in has killers in it i mean the top is uh what pennington right or is that who, who, no, well, no, who first off you got to think about all the there's champions in each division right we got except 135 whichever one nunez is in right there's 135 there's, there's i think there's still some killers but there's no champion right now you yeah. got shevchenko lost it to uh i can see her face but i can't think of her name she's the mexican girl i cannot think of her Grosso. name Grasso, Alexa Grasso, I think. Yep. But Valentina Shevchenko is still in there, so. All right. Uh, and, and then you got Wei Li. Yeah. And, and another one. So well, she's not gonna be fighting at those though. So what? She's Nunez. She would be women's bantamweight. Juliana Pena, Raquel Pennington, Holly Holm, and uh, Ketlin Vieira are the top five. Well, my my thing with this is even though those people aren't necessarily killer. Well, first off, uh, we will say this: even though she got her ass beat, Pena does have that dog in her. So, murder. But there's people in that division right now. I'm telling you that are killers, and we just haven't seen them fight enough to realize that they're killers. I I can see her coming back and on some crazy stuff, getting a straight either title shot with Juliana Pena or fighting against Raquel Pennington. That would be a big fight, though. Do the do the vacant title with Pena? Yeah. I mean, I still don't think it should be main event, but I feel like it'll be definitely be main event. Oh, like if it's main event, I'm gonna be sick. But if it's main event, you you guys know the vibes. We're hopping straight on to VIP league, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Uncle Dana be, would maybe make it happen. I yeah, I mean, better be God. a banger co co main event. You better put 
Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, and tickets would be selling. I'm not buying a card with Ronda Rousey headlining it unless you know Connor's fighting the co-main. I'm about to say it depends on the rest of the card. Ronda Rousey's not enough to make me get excited. Last Ronda Rousey card I got, I bought. She got destroyed. (laughs) Dominic Cruz, Cody Garbrandt. Jesus. That was a great fight. That was a good fight. That was actually a really entertaining fight. Because if another grown man hit the robot on me while I'm throwing punches at him, I'm shooting him in the parking lot. <laughs> Not the main seller, but people would still want to see her. Yeah, I'd, I'd want to see her get beat up. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I mean, the reason that this is even possible is I heard her like storyline with the WWE is coming to an end and she could apparently is about to retire from the WWE. So we'll see. Um, is Bo Nickel ready for Hamzat Shemaev? I'm going to let you start with this one. Go ahead. No. <laughs> he is not ready. I I'll mean, tell you what. I'm gonna cut, uh, here. I will delete the end of my notes. Because you, you guys don't realize. I When we have these topics, I write down like one word or a few words, but I don't. I go into it straight off the head. Yeah. Let's see if you can even see this. I don't think you can. No. <laughs> That's all I wrote was no. Is Bo Nickel ready for Hamzat? I almost, no. because I thought we had one too many topics last night, I almost canceled that out of the topics because I thought it was a terrible topic. He fought a guy with a three-day notice. I mean, he, he murdered that dude. But I hold, mean, on, he... hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. I just want to see him fight somebody better before we just assume like, he would even have a chance. Hamzat fought like two or three times in a 10-day period. What is... Back yeah. from COVID. We came back <laughs> from COVID. He fought on that pay-per-view, and then he fought like the next, like literally seven days after that or three days after that. What uh, what weight twice. class is that? Is that Leon? 185. No, it's Adesanya. See, they, see, they have Hamzat in a Well, he fights at both. He fights at both. Yeah, but, but uh, he's not ranked in 185. Because he hasn't fought anyone ranked at 185. So, so, but Bo is 185, right? Well, let me make sure, but I'm pretty sure he is. I'm pretty sure he is. No, he's one. Yeah, he's 185. 185. That's what I thought. Bo, you said Bo Nichols 185. Yeah, he's one. He's out of Sonya's class. Okay, so let's see Bo Nickel beat before Anybody. we start talking about Hamzat. Just one ranked opponent. Um, Chris Curtis, Kelvin Gaslam, Brendan Allen. These are all people um, Hamzat would murder. By the way. Um, Jack Hermanson, um, Derek Brunson, Paulo Costa, I'll, I'll tell you who, who Sean, Strickl- Sean Strickland and uh, Covington, or not Covington, Jesus, Sean Strickland and uh, Chamayev would actually be a pretty fun fight Look, to watch. Let's, let's just throw him right in there with Sean Strickland, right? I mean, why not? Chamayev? I mean, it only makes sense. No, what? no, no, not Hamza, Bo Nick. Oh, I mean, right? that would, yeah. Hamza is has already proven that he's that good. He doesn't need to fight. Sean Strickland just to get ranked. We know how good he is, even at 170. I kind of want to see Hamzat fight him, though. I mean, I don't know who Hamzat's going to fight or when he's going to fight. because He's got to fight Sean Strickland, bro. His last fight was like my birthday weekend, so what, September of last year, I believe. I think think Hamzat fights Sean Strickland, and I think uh, Bo Nickel fights Jack Hermanson. I want to see Bo Nickel and Strickland. That would be a crazy fight. Sean Strickland's crazy, so how about he just fights both of them in the same night? <laughs> Strickland would. Did you see that video of him sparring like two people at yes. the same time? Oh my god! Give I mean, Bo Costa. I think, I think it was Curtis and someone too. I just can't even take Paulo Costa as a serious fighter anymore. So. I, I'm not. I don't. I'd rather see him fight Strickland, right? Bo <laughs> Nickel Strickland. That's a. That would be a bit. That's like Paulo Costa dog shit, bro. <laughs> When's the last time he fought? I mean, he's Luke lost. Luke Rockhold. He, yeah, so he had a Which he almost lost. Luke Rockhold hadn't fought in, what, three years? <laughs> Dude, Costa's had several fights. Um, he beat Luke Rockhold. He lost to Marvin Vittori. He lost to Adesanya. He's fought three times in the last three years, and he's one and two. And he, he almost lost to Rock. I mean, that Rockhold fight, I'm not going to say it was close. It was a unanimous decision, but... He shouldn't have struggled as much. Yeah, he's fighting this coming up card. He's fighting a Russian with a chin strap, so make it two and two in the last four. (laughs) 
You mean one and three? Yeah, one and three in the last four. Yeah. Well, he is not well, beating Oskarov, bro. There's a V at the end of his name, and he has a chin strap. Come on now. Come on now. Paulo Costa. Let's see. Let's go look at him. He's 14 and one. This Ikram. Ikram Alaskarov. Let's go look at Sherdog real quick. Just real quick. Just want to see if he's fought anybody notable. I don't know if he has. There we go. Sherdog. Here we go. 14 and one. He knocked out <clears throat> Bill Hawes his last fight, uh, which was two months ago. So he was a he's a on the contender series before that. He subbed somebody in the first round with the Kimura. Mm. So a knockout his next fight and a submission the fight for that. Yeah, this guy's a dog. <laughs> so and we'll see. We'll see. He also kind of crazy. He's already fighting Paulo knock- Costa. Dude, you'll never guess who his one loss was and how it was. Do I need to look it up, or you just want to tell me? <laughs> I'll say it, bro. Guess who it was? Can you guess? It wasn't oh. in the UFC. It was in the Brave Championship Fighting. Is the person in the UFC now? Yes. Same division. Yes. Rank? One one loss. Uh, not ranked. It's going to be Bo Nickel, bro. It's going to be Bo Nickel or some shit. He got knocked out in the first round by Hamzat Chemaev. That's insane! <laughs> oh my Four years god. Ago, 2019. That's oh, one loss. Hey, the rematch we didn't want, but or we don't want, but we need. <laughs> so, yeah. No, Jesus. the answer is just no. That's why they threw him up there against Paulo Costa so quick, bro, so they can get him ranked and Shamayev can fight him. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Mm-mm-mm. So, no, that is a no from both of us. Bo Nickel is not ready for Hamzat Shamayev. Um, what is next? Best double champ potential. This will be our last topic today. I hope everyone's enjoyed so far. But uh, Tyler, who who do you think has the best double champ potential right now? I mean, if you look at if you look at it realistically, your options are uh, one of two people: uh, Alexander Volkanovski and uh, Israel Adesanya. Uh, I'm a realistic person here. I I think even in a rematch, I don't know if I would take Volk over Islam. I know that fight was super close, but. Now they've seen each other, so that approach probably changes, and maybe Islam gets Habib in his corner for this fight because he didn't even have him in his corner for the last fight. Habib coaching, guys, makes people different. I've seen it. (laughs) I just think Adesanya is the easiest choice, right? Because if Pereira wins the belt, go up to 205, do that third fight. So if it's not one of those two, it's going to be someone random down the road. I have no idea who it would be, but... Those are my two favorites. Um, so my favorites to be double champs, obviously Volk. Um, and I think the Izzy Perea thing could be a double-edged sword. I think Izzy could go up, or I think Perea could come back down. And, uh, you know, one of them could end up a double champ. But I think that's the only logical options. I mean, who else do you have? You have... Uh, title holders um aljo's not beating volk aljo's not going down to beat pantoha uh islam might go up and beat leon i mean i could see that um i don't think islam goes down i think he already cuts enough weight the only other and you know light heavyweight is islam's not going down he's he's already big for that yeah he's already huge um Leon's not going up to beat Izzy. I think that, so those are the only options. Volk, maybe, maybe Islam going up. Um, Izzy going up or, um, and this is if, you know, um, Jan doesn't win. (laughs) You know, Alex Perea winning and going down or Izzy coming up. So yeah, those are my options for, Potential double champ status. How long has it been since we've had a double champ other than Amanda Nunes? Who was the last double champ? Was it DC? No, Cejudo. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Cejudo, Cejudo, Cejudo. Cejudo, yeah. He went out. He went 125, beat Demetrius, went up and beat DJ, defended against Marlon, defended against Cruz, and then retired. Yeah. And then got beat up by Aljamain. He did get beat up by Aljo. 
That was actually a close fight, but still. Yes, it was. So, yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, I appreciate y'all for tuning in to episode three of the Any Given Sunday podcast. We appreciate all of our followers. If you're watching this on YouTube, or if you're watching a clip on TikTok, drop a like or a sub or a follow. Hit one of those buttons. Hit the bell. Send us some love. We will catch y'all every Monday at noon. And I hope that y'all have a great rest of your day.